Welcome to the Time Has Come podcast. My name is Graham Wardle, and today I have my old friend Jaron Meche on the podcast. We played football, basketball, and volleyball together back in high school. We've known each other for years, and we've had so many great conversations and insights into life that I can't wait to share with you in this podcast. Jaron is a businessman, he's an entrepreneur, and he helps start Nude Beverages, which is an alcoholic beverage company that donates a portion of their proceeds to the British Columbia SPCA. So far, they've donated over $100,000, which is amazing. So I'm very excited to have Jaron on the podcast today. We talk all things business, life, challenges, growth, and pushing through to the other side into your dreams. So the time has come for us to welcome Jaron Meche to the podcast. Jaron, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Great to be here. Awesome, dude. Thanks for coming out. Thanks so, for having me. What's going on in Jaron's life right now? I hear you're engaged. I'm engaged. You're engaged, dude. Congratulations. Proposed. Thank you. I yeah. proposed to the lady of my dreams in July 2019. That's yeah, awesome. That was in Iceland. Dude, you got to tell this story. This is wild. This is like serendipitous to the max. Beautiful. So Jen's been uh, the one that changed everything for me. And I knew I wanted to propose to her for him since like day one. And uh, so customering and I wanted to propose to her in Iceland because Iceland and Japan are top two. And she just had a crazy year at school with interior design. So I was like, I'd love to take you to Europe. Did a yoga retreat because I loved going to yoga retreats at least once a year. And then we finished off in Iceland where I proposed to her. So I had plans to go do a little tour and go to the cathedral in Reykjavik and meet some friends and go hiking. And what I love about Icelanders is that their idea of a pub is like, let's go for a hike. Let's go to <laughs> oh, hot, really? Yeah, let's go to the hot springs or let's go to hop in cold and hot water or, you know, <laughs> oh, and then have a drink, right? Oh, cool. <laughs> you bring your beers with you. So we went down um, to this ramen shop because she wasn't feeling well. And we're going to get some, you know, hot ramen. And in the lineup, there was uh, eight people. Like, there's about eight seats in this tiny restaurant. And in the lineup, there's a couple people in front of us. And some guy just kind of next to us, like, hey, how are you guys doing? He's like, great. Where are you guys from? You guys American? We're like, no, we're Canadian. And um, basically, him and his team were filming this crazy rich Asian couple that hired them to go to, I don't know, six or seven countries around the, the world. And then film a video that they would play in this giant 30-foot screen at their wedding day. Oh, okay, okay. So they went to this magical waterfall called Skogafos. And they had the aerial shot, but their client, the female, wasn't feeling so well. She wanted to leave early and fly early. But they also wanted to finish the shoot there and use it for, you know, their blog or their... Their their own promotional stuff, yeah. Yeah. They basically like, hey, would you and and your girlfriend be inclined to come in to do this uh this photo this shoot, shoot for us? Yeah, and I've been to this place before because I love Iceland, and yeah. I ended up going there my first time around. And I was like, what? Like, I've got a ring with me. I've been carrying for a month across Europe. I'm proposing to her to Iceland, and how did this align? So I'm like, um, I'm like burning up inside. I'm so excited. <laughs> but Jen, uh, Jen's not feeling well, right? And then she's like, yeah, we're not. Like, no, like I haven't, I'm not going to go to a photo shoot with a couple strangers. When you're not feeling well, yeah. Yeah, and she's not feeling well as well. And so we kindly said no. Then I ran across the street to the washroom at a hotel. And then I hit the guys up on Instagram because I got their Insta handle on there. And anyway, long story short, he's like, we'd love to to, um, to shoot you guys because yeah. you, you fit the bill and this is unreal. And this like this works out perfectly. Yeah. And we're all married. So all the guys are married there. Yeah. There's three of them. And Did she, she knew- know that you were going to propose in Iceland? She had a feeling, but okay. when we were in Portugal, I basically told her that I needed some time. 
and I wanted to do it my way, talk to her parents in person. And right. She had a feeling that something might might be going down, but she knew I didn't get a ring, which I did. Ah. So she was just like, it's not going to happen. Ah. So, <laughs> oh, good. So it was a good surprise. Yeah, it was. A, no, it was a phenomenal surprise. Yeah. Anyway, Dan's like, I know Jaren really wants to go. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to go. So we said yes. And then like at 6.30 p.m., we drive for two hours from Reykjavik to Skogafoss. Yeah. And then we're shooting for like an hour and a half. And there's this is massive waterfall. And like I even called you before. That's I, right. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I called you. And then Graham's like, listen to your heart. <laughs> that was my advice tune to Jared. Tune in to Jen. I said, dude, if it's, yeah. if it's in the moment, go for it. But if you're don't get hung up on being attached to it. Totally. And. Even like months or six months, I'd get like these random anxiety kind of things. Yeah. I shouldn't be nervous, but I was. And I talked to a friend of mine actually in Iceland too. And he goes, you're, you're proposing to your best friend. Like you should be pumped, you know, but nobody kind of talks you through it. Right. Anyway, found a perfect window. And I was just like, it's going to come even a while ago. I was thinking life's going to bring you into opportunity. And if you're, you know, open to it. That's what I love about this story. Yeah. Is that life brought you this opportunity and you surrendered. You're like. Okay, yeah, take over. And it's and I was like, I don't need to force it. I don't need yeah. to force a proposal on the love of my life. And I don't need to rush this. I don't need to have, you know, a camera crew, which happened. Then I got a camera crew for free. <laughs> for free. And these guys are like the top in Europe. I know. About what they do. <laughs> anyway, like, I don't need to do, have her family and, you know, it's yeah. just, just, just us two. Anyway, yeah. the perfect opportunity came. She was like looking at the waterfall and the clouds and she was just taking it in. And yeah. you could tell she was just like zoned in with the world. And uh, I gave the guys a sign, which is hang loose. And I was like, I want this to be intimate. There was nobody in the waterfall at the time. It was like 11.50 p.m. Nice. They backed off. I tapped. I got on one knee. The rest is history. That's dope, dude. That's yeah. awesome. Best well, thing I've ever done. Yeah, I love it, man. I love that story because just how you handled it and how like things align. You know, it's like the star, like you said, the stars totally. align, right? It's just so amazing that it all worked out that way. So I love that story. One of the things that um, you had shared with me a while ago that I think is a, a really interesting thing that I wanted to talk with you about is you immigrated from Canada, or I should say from Albania to Canada yeah, yeah. when you were 11 years old. Yeah. And you share with me just a little snippet, but I wanted to know, can you share a little bit about what that was like for you coming from Albania for sure. at that time and then coming to Canada? You know, I was fortunate because we had a large family there and my parents were, you know, upper middle class or, you know, my dad was a director of youth sports. He was in ministry. My mom was a university teacher. So we, we had a great life there, but it was a dictatorship. And when the communist party got withdrawn from like the democratic party, in like the mid 90s then it was kind of like an internal conflict an internal war and all those things so it feels like it's two separate lives yeah I can you know imagine. what i mean um so like my first 10 11 years were in albania and then the last 22 i've been in canada canada feels home but it's even now i'm getting emotional it's, it was a struggle yeah you know what i mean my parents had to give up everything you know no money no clothes you come to Canada. So you guys just up and left. Your family just yeah. left everything behind. Mm. I didn't get my first $5 bill until like grade nine. Wow. I didn't buy anything for myself for years. Yeah. Wow. But it was just, uh, yeah, it was a great gift. Like I, I tell people now, like being Canadian is like winning the world lottery. Yeah. Amen. It, it's unreal. You got so many opportunities. You're living in a magical country that's stunning. Mm -hmm. You got great education, great health care, you know. But yeah, it, it, it was challenging. Yeah, especially like the first 10, 15 years, like, you know, I was cleaning buildings in high school, working two jobs at McDonald's and still going to school and playing sports. Still remember some of our buddies, like Ben Dura would be skateboarding outside of the building they used to clean, like 
really times a week so people will go you know kick it with their friends and have fun in the evening and i'm you know picking up garbage and vacuuming for hours to pay for university wow man yeah you were saving for university in high school yeah 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 and just my parents always kind of drilled it on me right higher education yeah yeah wow man i think you know correct me if i'm wrong you you said that you remember like there were like grenades or something on the yeah, ground yeah, or like, yeah, was, <laughs> like it's like, a beautiful loving country that's yeah. got very hospitable people but at that time like all the arms were were out so people with you know didn't have much education or like it's a third world country like yeah. it wasn't like soccer balls or accessible people would be using uh, grenades with their pins in there because they're still safe and be juggling and hacky sacking those and it, it's not like it was uncommon people to get their limbs blown up because they were playing with grenades yeah Oh my god! I remember I used to collect uh, bullet shells, like the casings, yeah. or like wow, you know, they'd be all over. Every night, people would be firing them in the sky. You know, this is because I grew up in Canada, so this is like this is so you know this is my home, but I don't have that contrast. So that's why I found it so fascinating to talk to you because you had eleven years there, then you come to Canada, mm-hmm. and it's completely different. Like you said, it's like two different lives. Yeah, I'm guessing that that first eleven years that had to have had an impact you know, shaped who you are today, even mm. though it's two different lives. Totally. Yeah. Was a critical time. Yeah. Have you thought about that? Is it, can you, can you put pinpoint things about your childhood that have made you to who you are today? Like, yeah. Like work ethic was instilled early. Yeah. You had to, you know, I had to get straight A's in, in class in elementary yeah. school. You know, my aunt was a teacher. My parents were teachers both at some point. So work ethic for sure. Is that where you feel like uh, some of your entrepreneurial businessman motivations or inspirations came from is that you know there's like there's always opportunity like i see it as if there's a need there's an opportunity there right um where there's value to be brought there's opportunity but i remember when i was like seven or eight years old and because both my parents were national athletes and then i had uh probably a garbage bag full of like anything that was western or Italian or European was just like super high value. Mm. Even even watch watching Italian TV was like modern and cool. And you're really yeah yeah because <laughs> you were limited <laughs> to what you watched. Anyway, so I had an aunt come back from having uh, her son in Germany, and she had a bunch of like dresses and lipsticks and things like that. I loved math, and she's like, uh, "If you sell these, you get to keep what you sell, or whatever it was." So I went door to door for like eight ten hours, and I hustled sold everything i loved it because i love people right i love connecting with people i love talking to people i love making their day so i made more money in a day than my parents both made that month wow dude because it was just like an opportunity to 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 make a sale or trade or barter or whatever it was so i think that started but i don't know there's always opportunities to make things better yeah we share that we see that well that sounds to me like the i'm talking in movie speak here the inciting incident or the the spark of your salesman you know that yeah. that that because uh, that's a super skill of yours. Like you sold my parents uh, cutco knives. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't resist. They You're such a good salesman. <laughs> well, remember in football, like you know, didn't have so much much money growing up. We had to go sell the subway cars door to door. Oh but yeah, I raised. I don't know. Did you rock it? Yeah, I think you did I, like so good. I did like seven hundred dollars to pay for our trips and our, our <laughs> equipment and all that stuff. Yeah, dude. Even for basketball, we did chocolates and poinsettias. Oh, I don't remember that. Well, you, <laughs> you might have paid for it, but, yeah. to, <laughs> but you sold them. I had to raise, yeah, I had to raise my way through them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's but awesome. it was cool. Like, yeah. And you get, you know, you get faced with rejection right away. Well, that's that's the beauty of um, 
you know, going through that process is you like build up that skin and that determination. I'm assuming I haven't done a lot of door to door sales. I worked yep. at Panago Pizza taking phone calls. Yeah, that was, I did that too. That <laughs> did was you do that? that? Yeah, oh, Metro you Town. Did do that. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> 50% off discount at Panago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to share with you guys a story. Uh, Jaren and I were out uh, for a walk. When was this? Maybe five years ago? Six years ago? No, this has got to be. It was a while ago. Like 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Eight, nine. Ten, so we're out for a walk nine. and we're talking about life. And like, uh, like we often do, we have these deep conversations. And I can't remember how we got into the topic, but it kind of came to this point where it was like um, the direction that you should go is where you can give and grow the most. Yeah. Because the growing means you're outside your comfort zone. You're pushing yourself. You're growing. And then giving is like that's the your contribution. That's the place where you can you know give the most value. Totally. And that's where uh, it was, came from a conversation we had. And we're also like I think in ago. our early twenties, and we're thinking about what you know what to do, what excites us. But it's like where can I you know where can I help and contribute and, and give the most? Or it's like is you know is a forty k a year job going to enable me to give? to my future family or whatever right. that is, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're just thinking. And then we, we kept on going deeper and deeper because it's like, we're at a good spot, but we're trying to narrow it down and yep. then we're going to do things where we can give and grow the most. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool, man. I, I, I look it, back to that often, that conversation. Um, you're also big into yoga. Did you, did you say that you have your teacher training? I did my teacher training last year, I think last year, two years ago. So I yeah. know you also meditate oh, two years ago, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you feel your yoga and meditation? How do you feel that comes into your business? You know what? Uh, when I was doing my yoga, uh, my yoga teacher training January, I think till March, 2018, that was probably the most critical point of our company from going from like a small startup to actually scaling and growing. And I don't think I would have done the, the decisions, you know, we made, if it wasn't for yoga and meditation, because that gave me a lot of clarity. You're, you're doing a deep dive inwards. There's one point in module three where it's like, I just got to do this. I got to give my all to my business. So I'm in like, I'm in 10 hours of yoga, multi, like four days a week. And I'm in the washroom making calls. Oh, really? <laughs> and business During the teacher training. And going out in certain breaks and just like working late at night or, or whatever it was. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I, I say the commitment to being the best version of myself. Working on being the man worthy of my, my fiance, my dream girl, and um, yoga and meditation. That's one of the things that I think about a lot um, in the mornings when I do my meditation. In that peaceful, centered place, gratitude, connection, all your decisions, the behaviors that f throughout the day come from that place. You mentioned something that I feel often is like when I do meditate, things are in a flow. I don't let things get to me. You're almost kind of like ducking things just letting them flow yeah they don't stick way. to you they don't yeah yeah and then if i don't meditate for those you know if it's a stinge of a, a couple of days or whatever it may be then it's like i'm on edge mm. something's off mm -hmm. it's it's just not the same right yeah it gives you that clear mind like you're going to go through so many things in life hurdles will come just life will send you a bill one day and you're like oh shoot I right got, you know yeah and Torn my ACL. I got to be injured for two years. Or, or shoot, we can't move forward with this. We're out of money, or we can't grow and scale, or whatever that is. But it gives you, like, it gives you an opportunity to catch your breath and just sit with it for a bit. Mm -hmm. And we've had 
dozens of moments there's been where there, you know, we've got a no from like a liquor board and we can't sell to 300 stores or 200 stores for a year. We have to apply again next year and then that can make or break your brand. But it's like, hey, let's maybe a no is an inquiry for more. Maybe we didn't give him enough information. Maybe he's going to bring her closer to her. Yes, don't just give up. Like, sit on it. You know, rethink, come back. The power of that question or the power of the way you looked at that. Yeah. You chose that meaning of like, well, maybe that means they need more information or maybe there's better things around the corner. Yeah. That's another angle in life that I feel is so important is asking the right question and understanding what meaning you place on things. A lot of the times life will give you a challenge or a no or a door closes and you interpret that as being like, Oh, that means we're not good enough or, you know, we're going to fail now or whatever. But you, you know, you chose a different meaning and how important that is to understand what meanings we place on things. And a no doesn't mean it's no forever. Mm -hmm. You're enjoying the process, but you're looking at the end result too, which is a yes from a buyer or getting it there or like a roadmap to, to get you where you need to be. So, um, if there is a young entrepreneur, somebody wanting to start a business that's listening to this, what would be some advice to them that you would say? Uh, you know, look at these things or ask yourself these questions. What would you tell yeah. them? Just do it. Just go for it. Give it a shot. Yeah. What if they're nervous? What if they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to fail. I'm going to spend a you lot know, of money. I'm going to like. For sure. To me, I knew with my network and my Rolodex that I could sell, sell enough cases to keep us in business and keep us breaking even and going to brand. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, I had 5,000 people on my phone and I had another like 6,000 contacts. If I sold. Does your phone hold that many contacts? <laughs> It's probably more. <laughs> but it's like if I sold a case to them a quarter, that's 20,000 cases. Right. You know what I mean? 20,000 cases, at, let's just say 20 bucks in revenue, that's 400K that year. That's just with not, that's just doing my. Your contacts. My contacts. Right. That's not, you know, building the brand. So you knew the numbers. Like, yeah. And I knew where we needed to be to become a brand. But going back to, to the question, it's just like, ask for help. Don't get discouraged. You know, we nobody got there alone. We had a lot of people giving us advice. Don't take no for an answer. And sometimes you, you got to test the market. You can spend months or years trying to build it, but test if there's a demand for a product like that in the market. When you say test the market, that's putting your stuff out there? That's just asking yeah, questions? Yeah, I don't know if it was Tim Ferriss or whoever did, but he just put out a Craigslist or an ad for something, right. and then there was like 400 people that wanted it. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go make this thing because 400 people want it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, it's kind of like, uh, what's that, Kickstarter, you know? Yeah. People put out a, a project idea, and then other people like, other people want it. Yeah. And they like it, and they, they give you money for it, so. Yeah, there's, there's so many tools out there. And it's just like, go deeper. Like, the, the one thing, it's like, Obviously, you want to be out in market and up and running, but like go deep, find out, you know, what your morals and values are. Think it through. Go take the time and do the due diligence to go to the granularity of your business. Yeah. Because then when it comes up in your business life and you're successful two, three, five years from now, you've dealt with it. You're not trying to do with it on the spot. My business partner, Julius, he's extremely creative, extremely bright. He spent years working on it before I joined him and we teamed up in 2016 launched in 20 you know 2017 you know yeah yeah uh what um you know this podcast is called uh the time has come time has come the time has come can you share with people what is emerging for you for sure and what had what do you feel the time has come for Jaren to uh, step up into on a work front business front the, the time has come for us to expand and go to international territory so we're we're just launching in in Washington. We launched there a few weeks ago. So just Congratulations! The border, yeah, it's huge. 
playing in the big leagues. So the time has come for us to to level up and yep. and play play with the big boys. <laughs> and uh, on a personal note, the time has come for me to be comfortable with my own skin. Okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, Jen and I are getting married in 2021. Uh, we just moved to Salt Spring as our home base. Salt Spring Island. Yeah. I yeah. love that place. Magical. For those of you who don't know, that's off uh, the west coast of uh, Vancouver there. Yeah. And the Gulf Islands. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in the near future, in the next year, two years, three years, we'd love to start a family. Wow, man. Yeah. Cool. I think I think being me and, and healing, mm-hmm. times come for that. You have to, you live and breathe. Uh, a startup world for the first few years, right? I don't know. I've been to multiple continents. You travel a lot. Yeah. Every time yeah. I talk to you, you're you're on the road to going somewhere. I think I've been to like fifteen hundred stores, <laughs> tasted a couple hundred of them. Yeah. But yeah, so cool. Kind of, I'm not gonna take a a step back or off the gas, but it's like I'm I'm gonna take care of my body because travel does a lot of damage. Yeah, it sure right? does. Sure does. Yeah, you know that. Oh yeah. Um, how about books? Um. Do you read business books? Do you read fiction? Do you even have any time for reading right now? Yeah. What's your uh, consumption? What do you I do? I do into? like 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 business books, personal health books, yeah, uh, podcasts. I'm into Joe Rogan, Tim Harris, Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss. Are you reading anything right now? A meditation book. Okay. Yeah, it's on uh, my Kindle. Okay, which is upstairs. <laughs> I think it's Osho. O S. Oh yeah, yeah, and Osho. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I'd love to have more time to read. Yeah. You gotta take that speed reading course. Did I tell you about that speed reading course? You told me about it. You Super gotta check exciting. Jim Quick, man. Jim Quick. Yeah. I'm writing this down. K W I K. Jim Quick. I took his course and now I'm like, I'm just digging because I can read faster now. And yeah. some books I want to read slower. I don't always have to read fast. Yeah. But I can just get through material faster. And it's not I find I would always fall asleep. I get tired as soon as I start to read and I like I can't I can't focus, you know. Uh, so, but now you have some unanswered questions that you want answers to. That creates so tension, keeps you you're awake. Attentive. Yeah. yeah, sit up straight, breathe. You know all these different things. Anyways, Jim Quick, he's great. I I want to ask you my favorite question of the podcast. Oh, okay. This is my favorite question. If you had a magic painting in your house, and whenever you looked at that painting, and it could be an object, it doesn't have to be a painting, it could be yeah. a statue of some sort. Whenever you looked at this, you could feel any type of feeling that you wanted to feel. What feeling would you choose? And you can feel this feeling to any degree that you want to feel. What feeling would you choose and what color or colors would you want on your painting to represent yeah. that for you? The feeling would be peace. Peace. And joy. Peace and joy. Okay. Yeah. And the colors would kind of be like green and yellow. But I have like, so I've changed this from the last time you asked me. I don't know how long, years ago. It's a couple of years ago. Yeah. But it's, I, I know exactly what I picture and it's um, the Cranberry Valley in Salt Spring Island and Jen's parents' farm. The okay. one that you recently came to for. Yeah. That place in the summertime is yeah. unreal. And there's this beautiful tree right there just in front of the um, the farmhouse. And I go there and meditate. And it's just, I'll spend an hour meditating there. And it's just so peaceful. And sometimes you see the sun come up and it's just beautiful. You can hear all the birds. and But there's sometimes that the hay is going different waves to the wind. And it's just oh, like yeah. it's got its own. It just Just me there meditating and just being... So the feeling is peace and joy. Joy. Now, if you were to uh, explain that feeling, that peace and joy, that when you're in that mm-hmm. field meditating, to someone who had never felt that type of feeling before, how would you how would you explain that to them? It would be a mix of two: one, the feeling of being at the right place at the right time, and the other one of just being happy, just by being happy for no reason. 
like that true unexplainable happiness unex- yeah like true blissful kind of joy i remember the first time i i experienced that i was in nicaragua at a yoga retreat and i don't know what we we're doing and when to be doing a tree pose or yeah. meditating but i was looking out this yoga studio over the water and i was just happy if someone's never experienced that that type of happiness what does it feel like in your body that peace yeah it's that's a great question it's just like things are flowing it's vibrant it's not noisy it's kind of calmed is there a bliss a bliss to it like there's a bliss there's a joy to it and there's just kind of like it's like you're content with being you but you're also content with the world and your surroundings and Mm, you feel like no resistance to what's happening yeah and you feel a part of those surroundings it's not like connected to it all yeah it's not like it's just you and your body wow it's a tough question it is a tough question but i love i love asking yeah. it because it it's really interesting to, to talk to different people about these these feelings that they they want to feel you know it's like um, unresisted you know what i mean it's like this it's just free-flowing i get it man it's like yeah. that's beautiful it's beautiful it's it's time for you to answer your own question <laughs> okay i'll answer it too so uh for myself i have to do a little bit of a this is really hard for me to answer this question but first of all before i do i want to say thank you for sharing that and i think that's a beautiful feeling i think it's really important i, I was talking with your fiance jen about this uh earlier about how to find ways to bring that feeling into your life more like the magic mm-hmm. painting is a, a metaphor in a, in a sense of what is it that we're truly after what is it that we that juices us that really what's the best feeling you can think of you know mm-hmm. um for myself uh this is a good story i've told this story a few times <laughs> have you told it but i haven't told the, the public no oh, this is this is the first <laughs> Drum roll. yeah <laughs> so uh, this is uh years ago probably uh, season one or two of heartland which is probably 20 2009 2010 ish i'd heard about float tanks from joe rogan and i was like oh float tanks okay and I, this is a bit of a story just because this is the first time I felt this feeling was uh, in a float tank. And I'm going to shorten the story because it's a long one. But uh, effectively, I went into this float tank, which for those of you who don't know, it's this kind of like a giant bathtub. And there's 12 inches of water. Water's 1,000 pounds of Epsom salts are dissolved in the, in the water. The water's heated to the same temperature as your skin, same with the air. This bathtub-like thing is actually enclosed, so it's like a giant box, uh, so to speak. But there's rooms so you can stretch out your arms and you can sit up and so it's not claustrophobic. Anyways, so I got in this tank and uh, I remember Joe Rogan saying, just relax and let go. That was his mm-hmm. thing, to his advice. So I was in the tank, I was having a little panic attack. Like, what am I doing in here? My brain's, you know, I'm racing. I'm having all these thoughts like, you know, you should get out. Like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you can't see anything. It's all, there's no light, there's no sound. Um, you know, you can't feel anything because the water and the air are the same temperature as your skin. So you're just floating in the salty water. Your head is suspended, actually. Um, so you're not, the water's just over your ears, but it's not in your mouth or your eyes. So it's comfortable, but it's an awkward thing to do. Mm. Um, so for those of you who don't know, you can look up this stuff online. But um, so I'm in this float tank and I'm having a little mini panic attack and I'm, I should get out. You know, I got to get out of this place. And then a part of me said, you waited two years. I've been wanting to do this for two years and it took mm-hmm. you a long time to find a place to do this. So you're not going to get out now and ruin it. You you know, it's a 90 minute session, <laughs> which for some people, it's not an attractive thing to sit in a, a black, you know, pitch black tank full of water for 90 minutes. But I wanted to do it because Joe talked about it being so cool. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I waited two years to do this. So I'll stay in the tank. Yeah. 
So I said, relax. Sit your ass down. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to stay in, dude. <laughs> and then my, my brain was, you know, oh, are you sure? You're not going to drown? I'm like, I'm not going to drown. I'm fine. Are you safe? I'm like, I'm safe. I'm fine. Then what happens is my legs disappear. I just kind of like dissolve and I'm out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm floating outside of the tank in this room uh, the, the, where the float tank is. And I'm floating outside the tank and I'm talking with... I don't know how to describe it, but it felt like they felt like people. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it, it's more like energies or like spirits of some sort. I don't Mm -hmm. know, but we felt like we're all in the same team and there was three of, there was three of them. So there was four of us in total and we're discussing what we can work on in the time that we have. And I kind of, it was like a dream where you kind of come into a mid dream, you know, dreams never like slowly gradually start. You're just Mm -hmm. in the dream. So uh, we're talking about this and I said, we should focus on one thing because we only have a short amount of time and we should do that. The group agrees. I looked down at the tank as if we we're going to start doing whatever this thing is. And I thought, wait a second, who are we working on? Like what's, who's in that tank? Mm-hmm. And just as I was about to like grab the thought of like, it's me in the tank. I couldn't even touch it. And I was like, I woke up mm-hmm. and I was back in the tank, but it wasn't like waking up from a dream. It was like being teleported and it shocked me. And it really disoriented me. And I started to like freak out a bit. It was so powerful. and I never experienced anything like that before. I was like, I got to go back. Mm. I got to try back to this. Like, how do I get back to this? Okay. Like that was freaky, but I've, yeah. I'm, let's do it again. Right. How do I tap into it again? <laughs> so the second time I went back is when I felt this feeling that I'm going to share with you about my magic painting. It's hard to explain because what happened is hard to put into language, but I'm going to do my best. Um, when I say I, it wasn't Graham. It was whatever I am beyond Graham. A being. A being or a spiritual being of some sort. And so I left my body. I dissolved again. But this time I became what I call is like a cosmic love or a universal love or this, it's a feeling of love, but it stretches on for eternity. It always has been and always will be. And this was the, this is what I knew instantly when I was, became this. It wasn't like someone told me this. It was just, this is what it is. And I knew it instantly and it stretches on forever and it always has been and it's just sitting it's here right now it's everywhere it is everything and i was that but it wasn't i like graham i Mm. i just became it and um it was massive it is massive beyond comprehension and i was in rocks and in flowers and i would i could experience everything and it was the most beautiful feeling i've ever felt in my life i was there for what felt like 15 minutes and then uh, I had this thought of like, well, where's Graham in all of this? And when I shifted my attention and my focus to that question, I was shown my body. And it mm. was like this minuscule, like, mm. you know, zooming with this huge microscope going way down into this little, little, little tiny thing called Graham. Mm. It's like, that's where Graham is. And I was like, oh my God. And then it was like a big plug being pulled out of a bathtub and all the water is getting sucked down this hole and I got squished back into my body and I went from this most beautiful blissful feeling of like of course this is the way it is of course this is how existence operates to now I'm being squished and it it was excruciating I was feeling so many powerful emotions going back into my body I wake back up in the tank and I'm crying and I'm like breathing heavy and I'm like oh my god like what just happened and uh, I think I had about another 15 minutes of my float and I just sat in the tank 
sat up in the water, just kind of like shaking, <laughs> but just overwhelmed with emotion and, and that feeling. And then the guy uh, who owned the tank, he came into the room and he knocked on the side of the tank was the sign to like, you're done. He did that about 10 minutes later. And I knocked back like, okay, I'm awake. Kind of thing. I'm alive. <laughs> and then I got out of the tank and I, and I went to the beach. It was in North Vancouver and I were not the beach, but just the, the key there, the, mm -hmm. all the shops. And I sat on the, on the grass and looked at the sun. So that's the, that's the feeling. And then um, the painting I would have is, is uh, colors. What would I choose? It would probably be something similar to that sunset that I saw that day, but I know the feeling very well. It's just this beautiful feeling of peace similar to you in a way mm -hmm. but everything's it's like it's so beautiful because it's everything yeah and it always has been and it always will be and it really alleviates a lot of stress and a lot of like anxiety around what's next and what's going to happen and like especially with what's going on in the world today mm -hmm. it really brings me home and it really brings me to a, a place that it's it's like the it's a starting point you know coming from that place everything's gravy so Thanks for, for asking me the question now. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Pleasure. I was just thinking back to a number of years ago when I, I did shrooms with a couple of close buddies. It was a similar experience, but one of my close friends, Sam, we're just sitting looking at, we're in the West Van, we're looking at the reflection of the water and it was dark and looking at the stars. How long and, ago was this? Oh, this got to be like five years ago. Okay. Where are these... We're saying picture being these big giant beings or these giants walking on the water. You you saw this? No, we just saw picture. Like, you know, it kind of like we're hallucinating. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were just like bantering back and forth and like doing games on, on the water just verbally. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, picture like going through the moon and or just like exiting the world, you know, in a way, like just going to different yeah, yeah. playgrounds. Other places, and yeah. And it was just kind of like. So you would say that out loud. Yeah. And, and then you guys like, would all visualize it. And then oh, visual wow. <laughs> and it's like you're part of the galaxy and it was just like vast Damn. and big. And I was like, man, this is crazy. How much did you do? I, probably not much, but enough <laughs> oh, to okay. experience that. Yeah, yeah. I just had a thought because you asked me a question. Actually, a question earlier when I was a kid. Yeah. I remember soccer was a big thing i wasn't that great at soccer in albina because everyone played for it they were super talented and i was like how can i get better at the sport how can i get better at juggling like so i'd practice in in my room with just a soccer ball and juggle and see if i can do 10 20 or 30 dribbling kind of thing and, mm -hmm. and at some point in that time frame i got better but I, I came up to the conclusion that if there's a human being out there that's doing something or performing, that means that we have the same potential capabilities and I could be able to do the same task. So I just got to either work harder at it or work smarter at it. But it's like, it's not like an animal's doing it and I can't do it. Right. It's They're like, not super special. If they can do it, you know, I can too. Yeah. Yep. It's humans that have the same, you know, they eat and they drink water. They have red blood cell. I mean, red blood going through their veins. It's yep. like, so there's got to be a way that... I'm able to perform. I don't have to be the best at it, but at, at a good level on that. So anyway, that was pretty cool. It's just be like, if, if, if it can be done, then I have opportunities to achieve that. I, I, I have that belief system or that program as well. If somebody else, if I'm watching somebody else, if they can do it, then it's like, okay, it's, I can do it too. Like I might not yeah. be able to jump as high as them, totally. but if they can play basketball really well, then I should be able to play basketball pretty okay. You know, yeah, like with time, <laughs> with and, time and practice. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, an idea 
that all ideas <laughs> are shared, that they're out there in totally. this like like a radio station, and that you know you and Julius tuning into um, to making this uh, nude vodka soda, you know this beverage that's clean and doesn't have all these additives and such and sugars, um, that that was out there, and you guys tuned into it and you kept in that frequency like a radio dial, and you channeled that into existence. Ideas aren't really owned by anybody, but the, the people that are willing to do the work, that are willing to bring that into existence, they will be the ones to make it happen. And there's been a few uh, cases where I was watching a little mini documentary about this, where people discovered very, if not these same technologies at different points of the world, on the world at the same, same time. time yeah. and they didn't know each other. They didn't know. And I'm like, that's crazy, man. Like, and I think about that when it comes to skill, people tuning into like the guy, Roger Bannister, who broke the four minute mile. No one had ever done it before. They didn't think it was possible. And then he does it. And everyone's like, oh, that's possible. We can oh, all do it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like high school kids now do it, you know? So um, yeah, it's a very powerful concept to think about the power of the human mind and the power of being able to tune into possibilities that, you know, maybe other people don't think are possible, but then you, then you just go and do it. Like Carrie James was on the podcast. He was telling me uh, about this woman. You remember the fifth, the fifth element, the movie with um, Bruce Willis? There's a scene in there with an opera singer. I'm speaking out of school here because I haven't done this research, but what he was telling me was that in the making of this film, uh, what he learned was that they tuned the opera singer's voice in the film to do things with her voice that no real human's voice can person can do. Uh -huh. Well, this woman from South Korea heard this when she was a kid in this movie and started wanted to, like that was her mission to sing that song in mm -hmm. the movie, even though it wasn't at the, the time physically sung. possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a video online of her singing that song, she trained herself to be able to do it. And the people who made that scene apparently yeah. said that, you know, we're going to do this crazy thing with her voice. It's not really possible for anybody to sing like that because it's, yeah. you know, can't do that. We did it with computers. Well, she did it. So right. it's kind of like, wow, man, like what's possible for human beings that we just think, oh, it's not possible. You can't do that, you know. But this woman didn't know it wasn't possible. So she just went and did it. Totally. I love that. Insane. <laughs> I love it too. Uh, just to add some clarity, but. Julius has been working on on the nude beverages, nude vodka soda, for for a long time. And two years prior of us kind of really going at it, he spent a ton of time, you know, with formulating the product, the branding. Mm -hmm. And there was other products. In fact, there was one called Socialite. It's a four pack at four percent. That was the first conscious aware beverage that's very similar offering to ours. And they were out before us, probably like a year before us. Oh, really? But it just wasn't done right. It didn't resonate well. You was know, that in, in uh, BC as well? That was out in Ontario. In Ontario. And I know I've heard multiple examples of other products in the U.S. and Canada, some even in the 90s or too early other time to do basically a similar offering that had no sugar, no carbs. That's the thing, right? It's timing too. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, especially in BC, but you can see that health is extremely important to people, right? Home of uh, Lululemon, you know? Yeah. People want convenience. People want something they can grab and go that's got few ingredients that's locally made and it tastes good. You know what I mean? There was no alternative. People are starving. Like you'd go to Not a game. Starving. Yeah. But they're, they're <laughs> craving an option that didn't yeah. have 40 grams of sugar. Right. Or if they got a cider or a cooler and it's like, I can only have one or two of these. I got to cut it with something else. Right. It's like, you have a six pack of coolers. It was like 200 grams of sugar. Sugar's the leading cause of death in North America. I didn't know there was that much sugar. You know what I mean? It's still on the shelf. It's got an ingredient list of like 10 something ingredients and majority of them you can't pronounce. Right. You don't know what they are. Yeah, that's a real problem. I, I try to look at all the ingredients. 
yeah. on things that I buy and half the time I can't. You've always, <laughs> and I, out of everyone I know, you're the one that m- is most aware and committed to their health and okay. and, and, and bettering themselves. Oh, and well, thank you, sir. So I, I give you props. <laughs> well, Keep it up. Yeah, man. It's, it's a journey, that's for sure. And I'm always learning mm-hmm. new things. And then the trick is it, I found, is that not getting hung up on it. When I was a kid, I loved uh, white chocolate covered Oreos. That was my yeah. thing. That was my jam. I love yeah. those. So my mom bought me some of those for Christmas. It's kind of like a joke and a throwback. And I was like, I was thinking in my head, I was like, I can't eat these. Like, these are terrible for me. But then I was like, well, I'll have one. Like, I'll uh, have one. Yeah. You know, I'll enjoy it. I'll have one. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I pay attention to my health. But at the same time, I'm not like, uh, what's the word, uh, a fanatic about it. You know, I'll have an Oreo or I'll have one, you know, some of this, these things every once in a while. And I can taste it. I can taste like the all the sugars and the oils in my mouth. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but, it, you know, the first bite's Especially good. if you haven't had it in a while. And if you haven't had it in a while, that's yeah. what I found fascinating is that you don't have these things in a long time. And then you have them and you get this sugar high. Like it's a sugar, like boom, you can feel it. And it's like, I get why kids get high off sugar. It's like cocaine, man. Ridiculous. Well, I think it actually stimulates the same parts in your brain as it probably does. I, I, I think I, Coca-Cola probably had traces of cocaine back in they, the day. They anyway. did do put cocaine in Coca-Cola <laughs> back in the day. They knew it. Uh, I mean, that's and that's the other thing too. I'm like, how does it feel? Like some people say, Oh, don't eat this, don't eat that. You know, eat meat, don't eat meat. And I'm kind of like, how do I feel? Mm-hmm. I just I, I'm like, how do I feel? And I eat it. Pay attention to how I feel afterwards. Do I have energy? Do I feel slower? Do I feel full? Do I not feel full? And I like to try things out slowly because if i go full on one thing maybe it's not the best for my body yeah you know so i like to to try things out and go slow but um the one thing that i have been doing for about a year and a half two years now celery juice yeah are you, are you on the celery juice train i'm not i should be we got some i got i bought a whole bunch check it out there's lots of videos on on youtube but it's really good helps clean you out i need to get on that yeah what are the goals or or things you want to get on for 2020 jaren you know what i just want to have a healthy diet Healthy diet. And I've found over the years that I function well with like a high water diet. Like, I, I mean, I need three to four liters of water a day. That's a lot of water, dude. It's just, I don't know, maybe I just burn it. You don't burn water. I don't know. I just burn <laughs> the energy, but I need, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean and you out. Sweat it, yeah. Yeah, well. well and it's like, I, I, I do function well with a low carb and low sugar diet. When you I say low carb, does that mean like no bread? What does low Limited carb mean? Limited to, yeah. yeah. What about potatoes? Potatoes are so good. Love yams. I can do some potatoes, but I don't need to have them every meal. You know what I mean? Like toast for breakfast and, you know, potatoes and then mashed potatoes or whatever it is. But leaner kind of limited count, like 2000 calories. Yeah. 22. Yeah. Yeah. Lean, healthy proteins and fats and a lot of vegetables with a ton of water. A ton of water. Well, yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said don't drink water. I got a question about your morning routine, but like I heard it from a friend. He drinks a liter of water when he wakes up and it's like the best cup of coffee for him. It just cleans it all out. So I've done that with lemon recently Mm -hmm. in the last few weeks and it's just... Lemon water's great. I'm just functioning at a quicker rate. Yeah. Do you You drink coffee? Yes. Like not every morning, but if I'm on the road or in the office. Get you going. Yeah. But cold showers are my coffees. If I'm at a home, <coughs> excuse me, I, I won't make coffee. But if somebody makes coffee and I'll, I'll drink, you it, drink it, it's like yeah. Yeah, cold showers. Boom. What is your morning routine, Graham? Uh, I get up and I work really hard not to look at my phone first thing. Then I sit down in my meditation chair and I play for the last uh, two weeks. I've been doing a grateful abundance meditation. 
Mm-hmm. It's a guided meditation about tuning into uh, appreciation and gratitude uh, and for the abundance that you have and what's in your life and opening yourself to um, to more and to being to, to sort of connecting to that. Mm-hmm. It puts me in a very, very good place. So that's beautiful. Um, so I'll do that meditation, uh, get ready for the day, maybe you know take a shower and then I'll do my celery juice, go to the gym, come back, eat breakfast, get to my activities, whether it be cameos, write emails, work on my scripts. So you wake up, work. you meditate. Wake up, meditate, shower, shower celery juice, celery juice gym, the gym, eat breakfast. Man. I guess that's my... Your first two hours are more than most people do in a day. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, I mean, it, you got to get to it. You got you to gotta hustle. Like you can't really... If I look at my phone and I start checking messages or yeah. emails, oh, man, I don't know about you, but like sometimes I'll just like snap out of it. And I'll be like, where did that last 50 minutes go? Totally. <laughs> I'm uh, so... I I heard that David Goggins, um, the guy who did that can't hurt me. Yeah, yeah. He's um, a Navy he, SEAL, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He recommended that you take a an inventory for a week straight. Uh, yes, the book I'm reading on atomic atomic habits by James Clear says the same yeah. thing. So I'm on like day four of mine. Of and your you, inventory of what yes, you do every, every day. Like okay, whatever it is, you write it down. Minute, I write it down. Oh, okay. And uh, I had a couple of busy days. We end our kind of U.S. executive team and. We all kind of, our Canadian executive team got together, worked our butts off, kind of planned 2020 and 2021 yeah. and execution of it. So those two days were like pretty on point, meetings to meetings to like travel to eating at meetings, phone calls, call yeah. whatever it was. So it was pretty dialed. It was good. It was pretty e- efficient. And then the last two days, and it's like I crack my phone for five, 10 minutes. That turns into 45 minutes. And you're like, how did I just- What just happened? Blew 45 minutes on this or- but yeah, it's, it's 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 been pretty eye opening to see. You think you don't have time, but then you actually look at a week long schedule and where you just write it down. If you procrastinate, you procrastinate it, or if you, you know, watch four episodes <laughs> of you binge watch something on Netflix, you yeah. <laughs> whatever. I heard a great uh, piece of advice from somebody on YouTube about procrastination when it comes to writing, but I think it's kind of uh, can extend to other parts of life. Uh, for some people, they procrastinate because there's a fear of something. They don't know what's going to come. There's a fear of the unknown of making this decision or of doing this work or whatever. And so the piece of advice was to acknowledge when you're procrastinating and I go, okay, if it is that I'm feeling some fear around this, to close your eyes and visualize going into that fear, play it out the worst mm-hmm. it could be and go through it and then see yourself coming out the other side. Mm. So if it's going bankrupt if it's whatever losing your love of your life whatever the thing is go through that fear face it look at it go through it feel it and see yourself coming out the other side and a lot of the times what you'll what i found doing this is that a lot of the fears when i bring them forth and i look at them i'm like oh i'm not really afraid of that that's kind of bogus you know that's a great point so you're facing your fears all the time trying to man that's huge get through it right pay your debts get get it over with um that's that's the way i look at uh fears and uh cleaning up your life it's like a credit card debt it's like pay it off as soon as you can man because you're incurring interest every time you you shove it down and you repress it yeah (laughs) there's times where i look back and it's like i haven't cleared something up from like high school or elementary school and it's like i'm trying to do that 15 20 years later it's like a lot of that and sometimes you don't have the you know you have the the, the energy or the this tools to deal with things and it's like so you push it down you can't deal with it now and i get that i'm not saying that i've done that and i still do that (laughs) You know, I deal with things when I have the tools and the energy and, but if I, if I can deal with it and I don't deal with it, 
that's when I feel yeah. you really incur the interest, uh, so to speak, metaphorically. You know? I like I like going into them though, into I those respect that into those yeah. fears and then just yeah. facing them and then being centered and, and and present and then letting them go. Yeah, man, that's the best uh, feeling yeah. in the world. Letting those things go, it's like a weight, just like, and then you're free. I was uh, just thinking back of, of a question you asked earlier about if somebody's trying to start their own business or has an idea or any work, you know, recommendations. But I was thinking, like, if you go towards something that you love doing or you're passionate about or something that excites you, mm-hmm. I think your likelihood of, of succeeding ought to be higher because you love doing that. If you go into something you have nothing about, you know, trying to start a business or, or, you know, make some money or whatever that is. But I think if you go into something you really enjoy, it's going to be easier for you to succeed. And I think if it comes from a place of like unselfish place where it's just like true to you, but yeah. also you find value and a need and it can do a service. hundred percent. Then I think you, you're, 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 at, you're at a great spot. And then sometimes the hardest thing about doing something is just either showing up or taking that first action. It's like, you're not going to be an over, in my opinion, there, there might be some, in the very social rarely. media, very rarely. Is it overnight year, success? Overnight success. They take time. You're not going to make a million dollars to in one yeah. day. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I was younger, I was always trying to think. It's like, oh, is this best return? Or can I do, Can how much money can I make on this event? Because I used to do a ton of events or this. It's like when it stopped being fun and it stopped being a service of others. Like I used to love throwing events and parties and fundraisers and charity things because there's an aspect of having all my friends together. And yeah. I had something cool to do that night because there was not that many things happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, or a greater good that needed some awareness and some funds. But yeah, uh, yeah. it comes from that passionate, excited place. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of something. I, you you might need to correct my details on this, but I remember you telling me at once at one point. I think it was in Toronto. We were walking. It was right after we did the Void VR thing. I think. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. Toronto, and uh, I think you said to me something along the lines of when you were in Albania, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there was something about wanting to bring people together mm-hmm. because of the war that you saw as a kid and the, the fighting that was going on. You just wanted to find ways to bring people together. Mm-hmm. I love connecting people. Yeah. And did that come from what you saw in Albania or, or, or is it a childhood memory of some sort? I, I uh, can't remember at the moment, but I thought you I just told loved, me that. Yeah. I, I loved being around family. Yeah. You know what I mean? We had a big family. My mom had three sisters. My dad had two. They all had kids and cousins. So it's just like, being just bringing people together is just so got so much life and energy yeah and there's a connectivity yeah. you know between humans or individuals harmony and healing yeah and, yeah and it could have been that maybe when war broke out you kind of had to like you know safety was first you couldn't go out of dark as your risk of uh-huh. getting shot or something negative happened to you was the likelihood was higher yeah. but um i just love bringing people together and i yeah. i i drew the connection. I don't know if that was some connection in your mind, but I drew the connection of, you know, alcohol often brings people together when they're drinking, they're all having a yeah. good time. Everybody's relaxed, totally. you know, and it's, uh, a, it's a, it's tradition has been a great way to unwind. But now what's happening is that consumers starting to unwind differently. You know, beer was their only option for a long time or mm. beer and hard bar, Ryan gingers, Ryan Cokes, rum and Cokes. Yeah. Now there's so many more options. The craft beer boom happened. Then yeah. you have high quality, locally made beer that's got different expressions or varieties. Yeah. It's not a lager or an ale. Do you feel so, that that's why you kind of fell into that this business? Yeah, I fell into this business because 
I've been doing it for a long time. I've had like 12 years of experience before I met Julius and his dream was to, you know, have uh, the best beverage out there. Right. Some of those clean and crisp because you'd be training and he's gluten intolerant or has a high sensitivity to gluten. He couldn't find anything to drink that fits his needs. Right. And when we're going out, we're all drinking vodka soda. So it was kind of, he's like, I'm just going to make this. So I'm going to make this drink. It has to happen. (laughs) There's a need for it. (laughs) There you are. So, and that's kind of the need. I just saw a guy that was super passionate, super bright, loved what he was doing and had a dream, yeah. but had a couple of roadblocks and the roadblocks were, you know, not knowing how to execute and implement and not having the funds or raising the, you know, the cash for it. Yeah. And finalizing the, the marketing and branding. So, you know, we did over a hundred investors pitches and majority of them, if not all of them said no until we got one. Mm-hmm. and start rolling in and even changing people's perception i remember like i was on the island at the time i think it was like july vancouver island or yeah Salt vancouver island. island yeah and i was in um duncan beverly corners liquor store it was like july or august 2017 and i'm tasting right because people were used to high sugary coolers or ciders you gotta explain whatever. to people what the tasting word means yes tasting is when you're in a liquor store and you're sampling your product and you're giving okay. like a, a you know half an ounce or an ounce um, free booze yeah so yeah. you get people liquid the lips get yeah. them to try the product if they like it ideally they'll go and buy it right or an opportunity to present what you have and tell them your story right so you're in duncan and I'm you're in, doing liquid I'm the in lips Duncan. i'm doing liquid the lips i'm giving yeah. tastings and i was shocked of how many people it's like oh this doesn't taste like anything because it's just they're used to high sugary high fat diets high sugary beverages you know i mean sometimes if you if you drank you know like even Lacroix, sometimes you know great beverages but now you you got to take a couple sips to really get the formulation but it's Mm -hmm. like compared to sugary iced tea or sugary cooler a lemonade yep this product has no sugar well it's like when you eat a piece of fruit after you've eaten yeah. a drink and a coca-cola you can't even taste the fr- the sweetness of the fruit because yeah. you're so oversaturated with the false totally they're like what is it just soda water yeah wow <laughs> and then when they tried it a couple times and they then they're like oh i, I don't get bloated or get a sugar-induced hangover right or like this is great <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. this tastes phenomenal right like i don't yeah. need to consume six cans of 30 grams of sugar in each. yeah but anyway, what I was trying to point out that it it, it, it took a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? It took the, one of the hardest things was setting that stuff up, getting the financing, going to, you know, going live with the product. But then the bigger, biggest barrier after that was changing consumer perception. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Having a product out there that consumers wanted, but they didn't know they wanted they it. Don't, yeah. And then the next hurdle was kind of scaling it and, and producing it at mass level and distributing it and going across the country which I'm stoked to be on. I think that's why it's so important that you love something enough that you really are passionate about it because like you said, there's going to be people that are, they don't get it. They don't know that they want it. They don't know that it's really valuable. And so if, if you're doubting yourself, if you don't really fully believe in it, maybe you'd be like, oh, okay, maybe we need to put sugar in it again. Yeah. And then you would have just been doing something like everybody else. Totally. <laughs> you know, and it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like, uh, I often say like, take seven points of contact to make a sale. And sometimes... I don't know if it's bell curve, but it's like 10% of the people you'll knock in the door like, Hey, it's Graham. You know, you tell them a story. This is what I'm selling. be like, Oh, you know, I like you. I'm going to buy from you. Yeah. 80% of them, they're in the middle. They got to be swayed. They got to be convinced of why they need it, why they want it or a better alternative. And 10% of them will just say no. Mm. So 
I'm doing tastings. I'm loving it. I'm love. To, I love talking to people. Yeah. This is a better alternative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 You're in your you groove, know, man. I'm, I'm watching out for you. I'm yeah. watching out for you know your health. Yeah. I got a better product for you. I got the hottest <laughs> thing out of the market this for you. Is a salesman go. Jared Metchie yeah, talking yeah. right now. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's um, cool, man. But like, you can't get dis- discouraged, right? You're gonna yeah. get a lot of no's. I've had people swear at me on the phone, and people say really? things in person. And it's just like, yeah, it's just. You don't take it personally. Don't make any judgments or assumptions. You never know what happened yeah. in that person's day. If they had a hard time, if they broke up with their partner, if they got laid off, you know. Yep. And and same thing in business. You don't. It's not like it's going to happen turnkey, and you're going to get cash. You're going to get rolling. You're going to do this tech company. You're going to launch it. You're going to get a hundred thousand people sign up and download your app. It it takes time, right? It takes time, and I think it's it's uh, um it's necessary. And I'm grateful that it does take time because in a way it builds the character. It allows you to time to refine things yeah. and it and it really weeds out the people that don't really want it, don't really mm-hmm. love it, aren't really connected to that highest vision of serving people a better, better beverage that doesn't mm-hmm. have all that sugar in it. You know, if they're just jumping on it because it's the trend totally, and they're not super passionate about it, it's like, well, th- those people might not be the best ones. So those roadblocks, those people saying no, kind of weeds those people out. And then the people that really connect it, bring this product to market, those people are the ones that do it because they, they stick to it and they love it and they're connected to that vision. Well, what if, if, if everything was readily available? Yeah. Right? <laughs> if, if your favorite thing was eating fruit and being at the beach, if you did that every single day, yeah. it might not be as exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if, if somebody started a, you know, a business or, or did something to perfection right away, it's like that, that, that grunt work, you know what I mean? That, that, that process, that journey makes it more rewarding and satisfying. That struggle. It's like going to the gym. It yeah. sucks going to the gym. But once you're done, you're like, yeah, I feel good about that. You don't regret it. You know, you're not like, oh. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometimes you do regret it? No, no. <laughs> I was just thinking here, and I was in my own head, but I was just thinking, sometimes the early days are like the most rewarding. You know, I mean, sometimes you miss those days. The start. Do you miss days. those days? Yeah, like a little bit of the anxiety, right? The pressure, oh. the... You know, a little bit of the stress or like, how are we going to figure this out? Yeah, right. You know well, I'm I mean? sure you have still, you still have, how are we going to figure this out? Yeah, totally. And it happens yeah. every day, but it's just, uh, there's a lot more at risk. Uh, when right? you were starting, there was when a lot more starting, at risk? Yeah, well, if you if you make a mistake, you get limited funds, you're out. Oh, I see. You know, I mean, if you're starting with 200K and a production runs 100K and then getting it out and it's net 30, net 45, you have cash flow problems. Like you're right. If you're not <laughs> lean and tight, you're, you're, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> well, I'm happy to and hear if, that you made it, Jerry. And if that happens, don't get discouraged. Yes. There's, there's room. You can ask somebody for money. Yeah. You know, you, you can look through the financing. Like don't, there's, there's a lot of people that have run out of money and yeah. come back and, and it can happen. Do you talk, uh, do you share any uh, business, uh, do you go to business schools or or classes community colleges and talk about business if you if you i haven't no i would i was thinking about that the other day i'd love to do like an intro to marketing class or yeah speak or, or even at high schools you know yeah, talking I've, to kids I've, about. you know what it did volunteer actually i've gone to a few bcit classes marketing and, and yeah. gave a couple talks and then bcit is a um information uh, BC, technology yeah institute of technology college in uh, bc in canada yeah yeah, yeah. and uh I went to our old high school, actually. So there was a, uh, a startup New West program. It was kids that, you know, extracurricularly once a week would come together and would come up, think of their business and yep. bring it to launch, do a business plan, do, you know, some cash flow, some projections. And then um, myself and two other entrepreneurs 
kind of put it together, ran through it, and then we ended up getting funding. So the person who won the business competition, we had a panel there. Um, my business partner and CEO, Julius, was there. Karm from Daily High was there. And a number of other people. But cool. the, the winners got uh, $5,000 to start their business. Nice. So Nice, man. Yeah, but it's I, I'd love to give back. And, uh, you know, like that's one of my goals is is, is trying to empower others to do mm-hmm. what they want to do and be their best version of themselves, right? You got a lot of help Amen, along the man. way. You can't Amen. do it on your own. Hundred percent. Yeah, Jaron, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, dude. This me, has been this has been a lot of fun. Loved it. Well, we'll have to do it again sometime. I look forward to the next time we do it as well. <laughs> okay, brother. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Jaron Meche, what a class act he is. I'm so grateful he came on the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I wanted to let you know about the intro music that is provided to me generously by Eskimotion. The song is called In Dreams. And if you'd be so kind to check out his music on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever uh, streaming music service you have or wherever you get your music, check him out. E-S-K-I-M-O-T-I-O-N, Eskimotion. And uh, just, you know, give it a few streams. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. It's some nice, tranquil, peaceful uh, music that I uh, like to meditate to. So if you want to check him out, you can go on those music platforms and check him out there. Also, I have a pair of boxers that I'm wearing right now that I wear every day. Not the same pair, different pairs. I got lots of pairs of them now because I like them so much. And they are Lambs boxers. They were formerly called Spartan boxers, but they changed the name to Lambs. And you can check them out at getlambs.com. They block over 99% of electromagnetic field radiation that's coming off your electronic devices. So this is great, especially for men that want to have a family in the future. That would be me. Uh, You want to protect uh, your family jewels, you know, so these boxers do just that. You know, if you're on your laptop a lot, if you're on, you got your cell phone in your pocket for most of the day, there are studies that show that this can reduce your sperm count. So you can check out these studies, the science, and understand more on the website, getlambs.com. They provide the science and the tech behind their, their boxers and their garments that they sell. And they're coming out with women's uh, underwear as well in the near future. So ladies, you can protect yourselves as well from these harmful uh, electromagnetic fields that are all around us, unfortunately. Unless you're out in the country and you've totally removed your electronics from your life, then great. Good for you. Uh, they're comfortable boxers and I wear them all the time because I am not always living free from electronics. However, I have put all my electronics down in one room now, which is great. It kind of frees up a lot of my mental distraction time that, uh, happens when I have my phone on me all the time. Getlambs.com. You can go there, use the promo code time has come and you'll get 15% off a purchase any purchase, really, if you think about it. I talked to them and they said, hey, if you want to go back and use that promo code again, if you want to buy some more stuff, it works again. So it's not just a one-time thing. So you also get 15% off if you visit the website and you enter your email and you do all that stuff. But if you use the promo code time has come, you help out the show and I would really appreciate that. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you success. I wish you peace. I wish you love. And I wish you courage because we all need a bit more courage to do what we know needs to be done. All the best. Cheers.